All right. Welcome, everyone, to this week's episode of The Driven Few with Al Hamid, where we align with those driven individuals to really get under the hood, to learn as to how they get it all done with family and business. I'm your host, Al Hamid, and I am blessed to work with those high-performing leaders, coaching them how to dive in and get it all done, again, excelling as a leader in business, in their family, and in their faith. Today, we have a very special guest, a dude that is like a brother to me, someone that I've had an opportunity to get to know really at a deep level, to not only know him, but to know his heart and learn as to who he is and what he's about. So without further ado, I'd like to intro my homie, the $125 million man. And I say that to say because he, his sales in all eight of his companies have a totaled well over $125 million. Riley has been able to scale eight companies to now seven and eight figures, father to the beautiful Ellie, a husband to beautiful Ashley coming up on five years yet this Friday. Congratulations there. And co-founder to King's Council, which is also near and dear to my heart, as everyone knows, faith-based leadership program. So without further ado, Riley Meek, welcome to the show, brother. Hey, Al. What's happening, man? Happy to be here. This is going to be fun. Absolutely, big dog, man. Well, I appreciate it, dude. I appreciate you uh, taking some time out of your schedule. I know you're in a faraway, sunny land, and the rest of us here are in a cold spot living vicariously through you, brother. So I'm glad that you uh, came up for air out of some pool, uh, some pool time, and we'll dive right into it. So for those listeners, you know, one of the things that I've had an opportunity to learn with Riley about is, is as we've we've gotten under the hood and really into the weeds, you know, some of the things, multiple things that he's really, I uh, say, ninja at is to really speak life into other men. You know, when I say speak life into other men is, is to really understand where they're at within all five pillars of their life, spiritually, mentally, physically, emotionally, financially, and understand where maybe some of their shortcomings are or where their where their areas of opportunity of growth and then piece together a very tactical and strategic plan and to continue to take those other pillars that may be lackluster to fruition without compromising those pillars that they really are are thriving in. So some of the things that we're going to discuss today, guys, how to become the CEO of your own life. You know, and that's one thing that Riley, again, is very, very good at is understanding and speaking to the fact that everyone truly is an entrepreneur. Along with that, we'll discuss the ROI of championship reps, how we utilize vernacular as training, not trying. Second piece, the third piece to that is, again, how to manage emotions. Now, we talk about managing emotions and really making your decisions based on your commitments and not your feelings. I certainly want to get into the five power pillars that I just discussed initially, you know, and when we have time, we'll make some time to, to give Riley some time to chat about King's Council and really what is King's Council. So I say that to say, brother, you want to dive in and kind of just chat about becoming the CEO of your life, what that means to you and how you convey that. Yeah, brother. Absolutely, man. So the CEO of your life, uh, we came up with this concept really because I think that as entrepreneurs, and, and I, I honestly believe every single person is an entrepreneur, whether you you think you are or not, whether you own a business or you are that CEO of that uh, you know big Fortune 500 company, whatever it is, if we can operate our lives like we would operate a business, it, it's going to allow us to excel in, in numerous different areas. Mm. And what I mean by that is like, if you, 
if you were to take a look at your life and the five power pillars that we talk about, uh, if you were to take a look at your life and 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 no different than if you have a in your company a sales division, a marketing division, maybe fulfillment uh, or anything along those lines, you want to make sure all of those divisions are maxed out, right? Or they're they're operating in mm. excellence. And if any one of those is struggling or just isn't uh, isn't uh, pulling their weight, the whole company is going to struggle, right? If if the sales team is crushing it, but fulfillment is just not doing their job, the whole company is going to struggle. And so, uh, as you mentioned, our five power pillars within the King's Council is our mental, emotional, the physical, the spiritual, and the financial components as well. And in all of those. You know, one is not necessarily more important than the other, but the only way for us to operate in excellence in, in all areas of our life is if we've got those, each of those pillars dialed in, knowing overall we are creating, we are designing our life, you know, based upon our emotional health, our physical health, our spiritual health, financial, and, and so on and so forth. So if we can have that, that discipline to be able to to walk out excellence in each one of those areas. Again, not just focusing on one or the other. And certainly there can be different seasons in, in our life where, where you know, emotionally things are maybe going great or financially things are going great. What I have personally found is that when I'm able to operate in excellence in every single one of those areas, that is what's going to allow me to succeed and continually progress in this, you know, mm. this thing we call life. Super good, man. That's tactical. You mentioned the word specifically progress. And I know that you, I've heard you share specifically about that vernacular, that verbiage. Would you mind diving in a little bit more on that one? You bet, man. I'm, I'm a firm believer that we are, we are constantly either progressing or we are regressing. There's no such thing as mm. just, uh, you know, staying still or stagnant or, or just coasting just to get by. That's your your thought process or your mentality. I, I can promise you, you're not progressing. You're, you're you're regressing, right? You're either you're either thriving or you're dying. Like we're, we're we got to live and operate on purpose and have an intention. And again, back to the, those five power pillars. If we can have a, a specific intention every single day that we wake up, we know that we are designing our life versus living. I mean. In, we talk about this a lot within the King's Council. It's like, do, do we want to live a life by design or by default? Mm. Um, and ultimately, I want to make sure that my default was by design. If I can create the lifestyle that I want or, or, or desire, I'm going to design that and I'm, that's going to be my new default, uh, which is going to be excellence in every one of those five power pillars. It's good, man. That's super good and tactical. And I, you know, one of the things that you know, I'd like to kind of do is just take a step back and maybe just share with some of our listeners, man, how you became such a success. And I don't mean success within the multiple zeros that are in your bank account or your business's bank accounts. You know, we're, we're kind of discussing now the litany of the benchmarks as associated with success. And then when we talk about living life by design, not default, it's been my experience that you really have to kind of go through living your life by default to really kind of garter the understanding between the two. And I think someone with your level of experience has certainly done that, not necessarily that you, you've necessarily lived your life by default, but maybe reactively looking back on your life. I know I certainly have gone back and said, man, that's something that 
you know, I really got myself involved in without planning. We talk about proactive versus reactive progression versus regressing. So maybe share with us a little bit about, dude, how did you become you? <laughs> yeah, man. Um, so I guess I can go back a little bit into my story. I grew up in, in a small town, South Dakota, like real, real small community, a town of about 900 people. And early on, I, I just, I had a desire to just do more. I took my first job at the age of 15 and it was making pizza at a, at a small town gas station. And I worked one eight hour shift because minimum wage at that time was $5 and 15 cents an hour. So I, I worked one eight hour shift. Uh, I did the math in my head and I thought that there's no way I'm doing that again. Right. So it was, <laughs> and the reason for that Al, was because I knew that my time was much more valuable than $5 and, and 15 mm. cents an hour. Right. Even at, at that early age. And, and I think what upset me was not that I allowed or, or not that somebody put that value on my time because that happens all the time with, you know, employees, employers, things like that, that they, they're going to say you're worth X amount of dollars. But what really got me was that I allowed somebody to do that uh, to me. And, and I knew like right then and there, that was going to be the start of my, my entrepreneurship journey. And, and that's, you know, my first day on the job was my last day. And I've pretty much worked for myself in some fashion ever since then. And, you know, I, I dove into a network marketing company back then. My family was big involved with a company called Herbalife. And I, what I did was I, I had to be very intentional about surrounding myself with like-minded people. And and I, I want to yeah. make sure that everybody heard me correctly when I say like-minded, because I think there's a big difference between just being like-minded or like-minded, because it doesn't really do us any good for for all of us to think the same way about everything, right? That's like-minded. But what's important for it's us good, is dude. to be like-minded and know that, that hey, every, you have great ideas. Uh, you know, my wife has great ideas. Uh, Steve has great ideas. And like, let's come together knowing that we are all still going in the same direction. That's a mindset. And that's that what we talked about before. Like, that's we are either progressing or we're regressing. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to surround myself with others on that same mission. And, and I, I had to be intentional anytime that I, that I've really, if I, I look back on my life, you know, I'm only 35 now, but when I look back over the last 20 years, really anytime that I really leveled up in my life. And what I mean by that is just like, anytime I took that next step or that next tier in each one of those pillars, it was being intentional about surrounding myself with those mm. like mindsetted people and, and being in, you know, growing up in South Dakota, it wasn't like I had a lot of options to get around people. I grew up in a town of 900 people. So it was like, I had to, I found myself once a month, I was driving up to Minneapolis, which is where I, I live now. And once a month, I would drive five hours one way to spend one day on a, on a Saturday with those like mindsetted people. And that was really one of the, the first kind of defining moments in my life was just understanding this, this, this concept of, of self-development and, and, you know, reading books, mm. uh, you know, the first few books I've read was like Think and Grow Rich and Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and just understanding that, you know, my life up until that point was really my, my thought process that I had was from essentially unsolicited people in my life, right? And, and, and oftentimes, I, you know, sometimes our, our family or the friends that we surround ourselves with 
they're just yeah. they're they're products of their environment. And unless we're we're intentional about possibly getting ourselves into different environments, or if we are intentionally looking to level up, we need to put ourselves in those different environments. And and you know, in any area, as I mentioned, any any time that I've leveled up in life, it was being intentional about surrounding myself with those like mindseted people. Because if if anybody's listening to this, if you look at like your five closest friends, if you look at your circle and you're like, man. Uh, these are my five closest friends and you're top dog in that circle. Like you're the man in that circle or woman, right? It's time to level up, right? I would, I would challenge you that you're no mm. longer in a circle, you're in a cage. And, and if you aren't able to, mm. you know, it's not that you, it's not that you can't still surround yourself with those people, but you need to, it, there's either bucket fillers and there's bucket dippers. And if you are constantly the one that is getting the getting dipped out of getting taken from you need to go get filled up somewhere else. And that's important to, to make sure that you are putting yourself it's in good, those situations man. that your bucket can be filled. So you have the ability mm-hmm. to, uh, to allow others to dip into yours. Super good, man. There's a lot of gold nuggets there to, to unpack brother. You know, one of the things that you just said is product of environment, you know, and to your point as a product of whatever environment we're in, we are, conditioned, whether that's family or through societal norms and expectations to essentially refute becoming a product of your environment as if there's a negative connotation as associated with that. And maybe if you're truly living your life by, we'll say default, then you're not doing what it is that you really want to do living inside your truth or doing what your heart's desires are. Maybe had you continue to not have the self-awareness that you had at the early age to be able to understand, Hey, listen, your, your time is much more than, than what is being allocated here. So you chose to, this is kind of where I was alluding to earlier. You chose to specifically and proactively put yourself in a position to become a favorable or a product of a favorable environment to ultimately live your life by design, not default, but it's because you spent that one day. And for a lot of people, maybe that one day is one year or uh, one decade. 10 years to where they're involved in a situation where it's just they accept their life and they they put themselves in a position where they truly become a product of an unfavorable environment, man. So, you know, that's super good. You talked about the power of intentionality, you know, and your, your ability to understand, like I just said, both self and situational awareness on where you were and equally as important where you wanted to go and then looked at leveraging the relationships to become a product of those environments to take yourself to the next level, man. That's super tactical. It's good. Well, let's chat about a little bit about, you mentioned King's council, man. And I appreciate you sharing your story and kind of giving the the listeners a little bit about the backdrop. I know that goes, you know, much deeper than that. And there's, there's a lot of cool pieces to that, that have allowed you to serve in the capacity that you serve now. But, you know, for the sake of time, one of the things that I want to talk about is, is really, you know, we, we share the talk about the power of championship language, you know? So when we talk about, training, not trying, and how the ROI of those championship reps becomes more like, again, your training, not training, not homework. You want to kind of dive in on how, what that means to you and, and how you convey and articulate that? Yeah, brother. Absolutely. I love, I love talking about this topic because I think so often we've just, we kind of just adopted this theology of trying, right? And, and when you ask, you know, ask your friends or, or somebody like, what are they looking to do? Or what are they, 
looking to accomplish. It's like, well, I'm, I'm trying to do this or I'm, I'm trying to be a better husband. I'm, mm. I'm trying to run my business. I'm trying to be a, a good father, right? Like that, it's almost like we're, we're preloading the ability to, to, to fail. And, and what I mean by that is like, well, mm. at least I can say I tried, right? And, and if, if, if we're going to have that mentality out the gates, like, oh, I'm trying, I'm just trying, I'm trying so hard. It's like, no, 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 we're not, we shouldn't be trying. We need to be in continual training. And this again goes back to that. Are we progressing or are we regressing? And in order for us to continually train, we've got to put ourselves in that mindset because that's really where it all starts with is, is our mind. Right. And, and, you know, in the Bible, we're, we're, I've come up with this, this thought process of, of trying versus training is, you know, when, when Paul is, is speaking to Timothy and he's talking about, you know, training his body that we all run in a race. Like, and if we're going to run that race, and I consider this, that race is the race of life. Right. He says, if we're mm. going to run, we're going to run to win. Otherwise, why, why, why run? Right? I mean, if you're just jogging, if you're just looking just to get by, yeah, you are trying, and you're you're gonna you're gonna you're certainly not training yourself to to actually run that race. And so we we discuss those five power pillars. It's like I'm continually in training to be the best husband that I can be. I'm in continual training to be the best dad I can be, to be the best business owner that I can be, because successful people do consistently what other people do occasionally. Mm. And, and it all comes down to consistency, right? It's just, again, it's if, if, if we're, if we're trying not to worry or we're, we're I'm trying to lose weight or I'm, I'm trying not to eat the whole pie, right? Like, come on, you're, you're just, <laughs> you're preloading the ability just to say, well, at least I tried. I was, I, I tried, you know, I yeah. did my best effort. It's like, no, 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 no. It's, it's, we're in training here, right? Tr trying it never changes mm. anything for, for long, right? Trying is an attempt to change Super with minimal commitment. It, it's like it's a half-hearted attempt, right? Versus it, it just it, mm. it implies that you you plan to fail, right? You, it's, a, it's simply a hope or a wish. Versus training, it's, it's not a hopeful experiment. It's a devoted commitment driven by a much deeper why. And if you get Come so on, man. clear on your why – if you have a, a true understanding of your why, and this is why we always start with vision, as you know, man, when we, when we talk about whatever it is, if it's a relationship you're looking to build or a business you're looking to build, it's like, what is the vision? Because if you can get so devoted and so committed to that vision, now you're going to be able to walk out every single day or every single morning in a continual thought process that you are in training versus I'm just trying. Dude. I mean, we can, we can invest another 30 minutes on that, brother. <laughs> that's super good, man. And I, I want to circle back to vision because I know that that's super tactical. And, and one of your many strengths is to be able to articulate and convey, well, let's just dive into it, talking about vision and understanding, you know, the differences between vision and goals, whereas goals are, we'll say, you know, in the big rocks, little rocks exercises of the world where goals are your vision is your grandiose impact, you know, where you want to be. And this is something that I share is, is imagine vision as if you're cheersing on December 31st at the end of the year, you're raising that glass. What's in that glass? What color is the glass? How heavy is the glass to be able to really put yourself in a position where you can touch it, feel it, smell it, to know 
hey, this is the this is the victory. This is the line that we're at. What does that look like for you? And maybe it's a, an accomplishment. Maybe it's a new house. Maybe it's X amount of zeros in your your bank account or a relationship. And from there, one thing that you do a great job about is reverse engineering quantifiable metrics, benchmarks, or goals to be able to continue to stepping stone into those visions. So, I mean, I basically just conveyed that, but you want to chat a little bit more about that? Yeah, man, absolutely. Because this is where I think a lot of people, they just start out the gates on, you know, heading in the wrong direction, right? Or they're, they're just, they don't have a, a clear mental picture of the life that they want to lead, right? So many people have just have goals, like, uh, what's your, I, I work with a lot of sales guys. And so we do a lot of goal setting, but before we dive into goals, because a, a common goal is, well, I want to make $200,000 this year, or I want to make a million dollars. I want to buy a house. Like those are great goals, but mm. a goal is, 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 is simply a stepping stone. It's a benchmark that is getting you closer to walking out the vision that you have for your life. Right. Goals are, are, are they're essential yeah. to keep you on track, but they're not vision. Right. And, and in order to mm. to have a proper vision for our life, we first always have to start with our mindset. Right. And it's like what, what are, are the mindset that we have or, or the, the vision that we're looking to build or lead for our life. It starts with, you know, simple things of like, why do we think the way we think about the things we're thinking about? Right. And, and being able to just audit those thoughts. And as, as I mentioned before, oftentimes we are, we are just simply products of other people's habitual ways of thinking, right? And if, if on, we man. grew up with that, that concept of money is, money is the root of all evil, right? Or men are pigs or, you know, you can't trust a woman, like whatever it is, if you've grown up with that thought process, whether you thought that you actually owned that thought process or not, or you witnessed it in your life, you are a, the product of the environment that you've put yourself in. Hmm. And, and this is why it's so important for us to, to uh, as entrepreneurs, as the CEOs of our own life, and as I mentioned before, it, it, first off, if we get to the root word of entrepreneur, I want to make sure everybody understands that all that means is that you are an undertaker. That's a, to be an entrepreneur hmm. It simply means you undertake. That's what the, the root word uh, of entrepreneur actually means. And so you undertake the task at hand. Uh, again, it, it starts though with the mindset that you have, because if you have a cloudy mindset about certain topics, or even if it is just subconsciously, you, you, like, you just have this idea that if you make money, you're a bad person, right? Or uh, you must be greedy, right? Th those are some real things that you've got to understand why those those thoughts have have taken place in your life and and then ultimately how can you make those changes to the subconscious level like not just consciously what we're thinking about in certain situations but to the actual root of it of like why did i have this thought process and is it actually truth right because our mm. perception is our reality right your perception now is your reality it ain't mine right but in it, it, it right. what i have to to do is understand why if I'm going to, if I want to, uh, you know, create an environment, like in a sales situation, if I want to create an environment. I need to be able to speak to your perception. And it's, it's so important for us to be conscious of this 
uh, in understanding how to influence situations or influence just the environments that, that we're in. But it all really just boils down to the mindsets that we have. And if we can understand, uh, get clear on that mindset, then we can start to cast the vision for our life. And early on, I knew, so I've done so many different things. I've sold so many different things. I've had a a fitness center. I've sold nutritional supplements, siding windows, business valuations, solar, (laughs) walk-in bathtubs, who you name it, man. And at the age of 15, do you think that I ever thought like, I'm going to sell all these different things? No, no. But at the age of 15, what I started to do and I started to get really clear on was the vision that I had for my life, how I was going to be able to to walk that out. Not even how, because it's so important for us just to start to cast vision in an, in a, a, what do I want to say? In a, in a way that's not limiting in a non-limiting way, because Mm. if, if you can start to think in those, those non-limiting ways, the how will start to happen. And that's really just what happened in my life is like, I knew the lifestyle that I wanted to create for, for my wife, Ash, and, and for my daughter, Ellie. Now, how it happened, it, I mean, I could write 12 books on how it happened of all these different things that, that we've sold. But what was so clear was the, the, the vision that I had for my life. And, and, and I'm a firm believer. I know so many people talk about, you know, we well, got to be passionate about what you sell or what you do. And I actually disagree with that because what mm-hmm. I was passionate about was the vision that I had for my life. So short of it, you know, morally and ethically being okay, uh, I, I, that was a, a must for sure. Mm-hmm. But that allowed me to, to sell things that I didn't give a rip about, right? Like insulation, mm-hmm. Uh, walk-in bathtubs. Like, do you think I care anything about that stuff? No, but I knew what I had to do because then I could start to put the goals in place that allowed me to walk out the vision for my life. Does that make sense, brother? Man, it makes a ton of sense, dude. And just to kind of unpack that for for the listeners here, what I'm hearing you say, and we go back to what we were talking about, is it starts with mindset. You know, at the age of 15, you didn't necessarily have a clear and finite vision as to who you wanted to be and where you wanted to go. What you did know, based on what I'm hearing you say, correct me if I'm wrong, brother, is that, hey, this isn't jiving with me right now, and I don't like that. And because you had that mindset of who you were and what you were worth, that led you into outside of the realm of these self-limiting beliefs, which you referenced, which, I mean, everybody has a man. So many of us have them. That then becomes where we become accustomed to our product of our environment based on those self-limiting beliefs that we've been conditioned throughout our entire lives. But it takes someone with the wherewithal and the intestinal fortitude like you have to be able to say, listen, this isn't aligning with me and I don't want to go for that. And what else? And dare to say what if, which then leads you into action. You know, and I know you share this all the time with action comes clarity in that vision or the vision to where you want to be. And then once you have a why, and maybe your why, and you referenced this earlier, your why isn't necessarily as finite as is, I'm going to be the best insulation salesman this side of the Mississippi, or I'm going to have insert X amount of bathtubs sold here. But you knew what the greater, more grandiose vision was, and that allowed you any time that you created or had to overcome an, an obstacle or a hurdle to not look at it as a fail, you know, going back to what I was sharing earlier. And again, 
training is going to equal no fail. Whereas trying is a finite measurement on, well, I, so I said I tried and you know, I, I didn't do it and that's a failure and we chalk that up. Whereas in your mindset, if you can switch that vernacular based on the mindset, based on the action, based on the vision, then it puts you in a position. All right. You know what? I didn't hit this today, but I'm going to try train to do this again. And I know an example that I share oftentimes is you think about like, dude, think about learning to walk. You know, like if we were in our heads when we were, some of us walked six months, some of us probably took five years. I, I, I don't know, but the case may be, if you're in a position where you're learning to walk, the first time that you fail, fail, you tried to walk, you don't tell yourself, well, that's it. I'm now a crawler. I'm going to be a crawler for the rest of my life because I took one step and I failed. Regardless of situation or circumstance or who's in that environment, whether it's mom, dad, aunt, uncle telling you, hey, you're a crawler, or if you're lucky enough, like some of us to have people that will speak championship language into you and say, no, you're not. Get up and try it again. Same logic. You, you just equated that to listen. I was crawling when I was working at 15 and I decided I wanted to get up and walk. And, and most of us will try that. And some of us will, will try that and it stops at the try. Whereas we piece together the, the understanding based on the vision, what you just said, to be able to take that uh, to the next level, man, that, that's super tactical, dude. Very, very good. One thing that I also wanted to bring about, you know, is talking about the differences or the ability to manage emotions, you know, and how specifically and strategically you are very, very tactful in your ability to make your decisions based on your commitments rather than your emotions or your feelings. You want to chat about how you kind of get through that and make that happen and bring that to fruition. Yeah, brother. Absolutely. Because that's really what it boils down to and why uh, oftentimes when, when I mention the, the pillars, the, there's a difference between the mental and emotional pillar. A lot of people get this confused and they're like, well, aren't they the same thing? And, and absolutely not. Uh, mm. the, the mental component of it is that mindset that, that we we're discussing there. It's like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to think positively, right? But that that's great. But it can be hard to think positively when you get punched in the face, right? Like Mike, Mike Tyson, I love that quote. It's like, everybody's got a plan until they get punched in the face. And then how you respond in that situation is the emotional component and why this is so important. Like, can, mm. when the going gets tough, like, can you keep a level head? Can you keep moving in that same direction, continually progressing versus regressing. And it, and it really comes down to two types of pain that we have in life, right? There's the, the pain of discipline or the pain of regret, right? And, and, and which one are we going to actually choose? Because it is a choice, right? And, and this is why it's so important for us to get clear on our vision, because your vision is going to be what gives pain purpose, Say it again. Your vision will give your pain purpose. If your vision isn't clear, when stuff starts to happen, right? When deals cancel, uh, when you know you're starting to fight with your spouse, like is is that part of the vision? Is that is is the decision that I make right then that emotional standpoint that 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 I'm going to take right there? Is it is it getting me closer to my vision or further from my vision? And that's where we have to make that decision. Am I going to choose the, you know, the, the pain of discipline and the commitments that I actually made? Or am I going to choose 
that pain of regret that I'll have, you know, eventually down the road. And, and that's the biggest component in mm. when it comes to the actually emotional power pillar and being able to stay consistent with that, right? Because cons- with consistency comes confidence. And if we can stay consistent in those emotional times, we got to do the, do the hard things until they become easy, right? You just got to continually do those hard mm. things until they start to become easier for us. And that really just boils down to, are we disciplined in our emotions or am I going to fly off the handle when the guy cuts me off in traffic? And believe me, I was that guy, uh, you know, and I can still be that guy. Sometimes. You're talking my language, brother. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I can still be that guy sometimes because th- that's just life, right? Like we can be so disciplined, but still life is going to happen. But what's most important is how are we going to respond in those situations? Can we get ourselves back on track to continually walk out that vision that we have for our life? And that's really the importance of, of tribe and having, you know, buds like you in my life, man, that I know that I could call on when the going gets tough or when, when stuff's coming at me and, and just that, that, that power of community and tribe and accountability is, is probably one of the most powerful things that I think a lot of people just take, take advantage, take for advantage. And it's just like, the, you know, we often discuss like, Hey, if I want to go fast, I can go alone. Right. But if I want to go far, which again, I'm not running this race. I'm not, I'm not just sprinting. I'm, this is a marathon of life that we're going to be running. If I want to go far, I got to surround myself with tribe, with those like-minded people that are going to help me stay accountable. And that's really what the King's Council and the coaching program and the community or the movement, the mission that we're really on to ultimately, you know, make that lasting change and, and, and transformation in people's lives. And I know you'd mentioned King's Council, but that that's really what we're all about as we're you know, not just looking to, to leave a legacy, but to live our legacy right here, right now. Hmm. Super good, dude. I mean, so the, for those of you, for the listeners that don't know, Riley's a co-founder with a previous guest that we had on the show, Steve Weatherford, in the King's Council. That's something that I happen to be both a coach and a leadership team member on. And it's something quite candid that's near and dear to my heart. And for reasons just like Riley's talking about, I mean, do you, do you want to go far or do you want to go alone. And then through that alignment, you know, I know we've shared on the show before, specifically um, in a previous episode, talking about the power of alignment and assignment and how, man, there's a lot to unpack with that too. And how, you know, really a lot of us, when I say a lot of us, I'll talk about me. I'm a lot of us, right? So back in my, my several years ago, and then I don't even say act like several years ago, like I'm some grandiose changed all that as man. But I recognize that, man, for a lot of my life, I was very ROI, very result driven. I mean, to the point where if, if you didn't serve me or my cause or my vision, which I understood at a very early developmental age, I didn't really want to invest time with you. I actually looked at it as spending time. And because of that, it, it was a waste. But through collaborative efforts with tribes like specifically the King's Council, I aligned with like mindset and individuals to understand that really sown sees reap rewards and the relationships garner the results. So when you start to look for the results as your primary, you do that at the cost of those relationships. And that was a lesson that I had to learn, man, time and time again. So dude, some great points. One of the things that you, you mentioned was essentially choosing your heart. You know, that's something I know you know about and we talked about is is the power of 
you know, the pain of regret or the, the, or not, you know, and that's, that's something, you know, marriage is hard. Divorce is hard. Being overweight is hard. Being skinny is hard. And that's something that you mentioned the word specifically decisions, not mistakes, which again, honor and respect to you, man, because that is again, a a level that situational and self-awareness will dictate that. Listen, this is my vision is the decision I'm going to make going to lead me to it or away from it? Yes or no. It's not a mistake. It's a decision that is either going to align with something that you have. And then we talk about the commitment and whether you're at with that. So man, some, a lot of great points, dude. I want to be respectful of your time. I know that you're there with family and family of choice for your anniversary, man. So any other last parting words, anything that's on your mind or, or really on your heart for, for anyone that's listening that you want to share, brother? Yeah, I think, again, just back to what I just mentioned, uh, it is about just you know putting yourself in those circles uh, of, of, well, first off, if, if you're not, if you look at your life right now, we do an exercise called vital signs. We, we always want to get a pulse mm. of part, partly going back to your vision for your life. It's like, if I, if I need to set goals in order to fulfill my vision, I really, I need to know two things. Where do I want to go? right? Which is that vision that you have for your mm. life. But I still also have to know where am I at right now? And and that's why we do this exercise called vital signs. Because if I know where I'm at and where I want to go, now I can put those actionable steps, those goals, those benchmarks and things in place in order to walk out and fulfill that vision. And sometimes that can be a difficult situation when you're by yourself, right? Or even sometimes with the spouse. I mean, we can't read our own labels from inside the bottle. And mm. so it's important to get perspective from other people. And again, that's, that's uh, what the King's Council is really about in, in, in helping people discover, develop, and deploy their God-given talents and abilities. And, and if, if anybody listening is like, hey, I just don't know what I'm, what I'm, what I'm doing. I don't know what I want to do with my life. Like sometimes you just got to ask questions and, and, and you know, ask, ask mm. first off, be conscious of who you're asking questions from and who you're taking advice from. For instance, I never take fitness advice from somebody fatter than me, right? I, I never take financial <laughs> advice from somebody that's made less money than me. I just, just a rule that, that I live by just because if they don't have the fruit in their life that I'm looking to obtain, I, I mean, I can respect their opinion, but I'm going to take it with a grain of salt, right? It's oftentimes those... You know, this is why it's it's so important again, just who you're surrounding yourself with. Like, I love my family because they're, they're my family, but do they really truly want what's best for me, or are they just looking to hold me down because they they want to stay down? Right? Misery loves company, mm-hmm. and and oftentimes we have to we got to make some tough decisions and and you know weed the garden, pull some of those weeds in our life in order for us to walk out the God given vision that we have for our own life. So. We do that by surrounding yourself mm. with those like mindsetted people. And uh, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't encourage anybody enough to be intentional on that. Every time that I've leveled up in my life was when I, when I physically had to pay money for coaching or I had to drive five hours to put myself in those situations. But that allowed me to level up in every single one of those five power pillars again that we've talked about. So put yourself in the right situations and and amazing things will happen man speaking of amazing things man that's amazing content 
you showed up as you always do leading with your heart, man. So I honor and respect and appreciate and love you for that, man. If I'm a listener and I don't know who Riley Meek is, but I am thrilled to have listened and be a part of this and really want to get more access to you. I want to dive into King's council, man. Tell me how to tell me how to get a hold of you. How do I figure best, that out? Yeah. Best way probably to shoot me a text 727-472-3860 specifically if you're if you're interested in in the king's council and, and what we're doing text the word king k-i-n-g again 727-472-3860 we'll be able to get all that information or you know we're pretty active on instagram it's the riley meek riley's spelled a little different r-y-l-e-e but you can follow us there and you know just be be aware of all our upcoming events we host live events throughout the year and you know as well as online virtual events as well so just come come check it out come do life with us you won't regret it I highly, highly encourage that and stand in agreement with that. Not that I'm biased or a part of it anyhow, but I am. Again, brother, very much appreciate you, your heart, and your time, man. Give my love to the family and the family of choice there, and uh, we'll do this again soon, brother. We'll do, bro. Appreciate you, man. Yeah, man. Have a great day. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of The Driven View with Al Hamid. If you love what you heard, and I know that you did, please follow us on Apple and Spotify and leave us that 10-star review. All right, if you can't find 10, we will gladly accept that 5-star review. You can also connect with me, Al Hamid, on both Instagram and Facebook. Al Hamid, H-A, M is in Mary, E is in Edward, D is in Diesel. And as always, don't forget to subscribe and like.